You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. I'm going to need 60 seconds of silence. No one talk to me. Okay. Contemplative silence. Not that bullshit. Contemplate. Yeah, you better be thinking about your existence. Okay. All right. Settle. Here we go. What would you do for a habanero orange compact sport utility vehicle? That is exactly what this Squid Game-esque dark comedy asks of its five contestants. But while Squid Game has schoolyard activities turned into murderous bloody trials, Stanleyville is a bit less intense. Blow up as many balloons as you can in a minute. Who can hold their breath the longest? Cut off an earlobe. Just regular old-fashioned yeah, Maybe that last one's a little intense, but you know, that's what we got here with Stanleyville. Susan West, Weist, it's West, West, plays Maria, a dissatisfied woman who abandons her career and her family when she gets a chance to compete in a bizarre and dangerously flawed contest. But there's something afoot in the 10 rounds of competition. It says it's eight rounds. Oh, you're right. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll go with eight. That seems that seems like a better number. Okay. Uh, Maria is up against four others who know about as much as she does. She is there for personal transcendence. They are there for the car. This is the directorial debut of Maxwell McCabe Locos, and it uses a strange, unspecified platinum level exclusive contest as its pitch to these unsuspecting cast of characters which is a metaphor for self-actualization. And if winning means a bit of light self-destruction, it's all worth it for that prize. This is an absurdist satire with something to say about the futility of modern life, but does it in fact pull off such commentary? I am TCD Wynn of the Screener Squad, and I am joined in this bottle indie film, Lord of the Flies, by Chad. Hello. Robert. Hello, everybody. And Trevor. Hello to that guy. <laughs> Gentlemen. Who wants this habanero orange compact sports utility vehicle? That guy. That guy. <laughs> I mean, I think Felicia wanted it the e- most. E- yes. Yeah, I think I think she did. If we're being literal. Yes. <laughs> uh, this starts with a bird slapping into a window and then just proceeds from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for people who have seen the movie, it's like the beginning is it reminded me so much of the end of Birdman. Both times. <laughs> right. That sort of questioning of what? Huh? Okay. Is this smarter than I am or is it just trying to be smarter than I am? <laughs> I will say, yeah. like we said, the film starts with Maria. She sees the bird hit the window and that her office mate doesn't notice and doesn't the world doesn't flinch. slow down because <laughs> yeah. something terrible happened. And she just gets up and leaves her terminal. She goes home. Sees who's there and is like, nah, fuck this. She walks <laughs> out. Walks My daughter out got a face street. tattoo. I'm out. She walks out into the street and throws her ID and stuff away. Holds on to the money for a second, but lets that go too. And I got to say, those first, and it's a solid five minutes, I was living so vicariously through her being able to just throw it all away that they could have rolled credits. Like, <laughs> that was a sweet opening. Great film. Great film. <laughs> well, Chad and I got to watch this together in the same room, believe it or not. 
I think comedies always work better when you're with people. There's some good laughs in this. There's a good few moments of really enjoying the dark humor in this and the mm-hmm. quite caricature-esque performances from the rest of this cast of characters because we got a dude bro who's obsessed with fitness sports drink and just the a kind of businessman who you know has said more than once in his life my father and uh this badass other woman who is just cutthroat as hell and an actor who gave up several auditions to be here (laughs) and doesn't care if he wins or not these characters are really archetypes and i have met every one of these people at an audition in the room, in the waiting room, there is the person <laughs> yeah. who is super into it and will cut your throat if it means getting the part. There's the person who wants you to know that they are so above this and so well connected that they're just kind of here slumming it with you. There are the uh, the people who want you to know that this is just one of their many talents and that they are also a, a model, a singer-songwriter, that type of thing. It's a good commentary on life in general and capitalism. Basically, this movie is taking a bunch of people that think they know who they are, what they want in life, throwing them into a seemingly impossible situation. At first, it seems it's easy and you're going to get a car at the end. And then by the end of it, it's like a huge existential crisis. There's unspoken bonds forming to try to win like it's like any type of uh, game show you've seen where you try to survive as much as you can by doing what you can that's what i liked about this movie you're not wrong that it is this commentary on maybe not capitalism alone but just how can you break humanity down to its absolute simplest most futile elements right what are you at your core you are just a commodity to be taken advantage of or to take advantage and what you've got is what you're willing to take from others. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. Where yeah. Maria, who is our protagonist here, at least our focal point character, she is there because she honestly wants to transcend. She wants this self-discovery. She wants this to be an opportunity to grow and become something better. She is told she has been specially selected. When the homunculus is the guy's name shows up <laughs> and just great. says, you have been selected. And he goes, everything you've ever done in your life has led to this moment. She interrupts him. Everything you've done has led to this moment. And she believes it. She believes what is being sold to her which I think goes to what Chad was saying about the commentary and capitalism of if you believe what people are selling you, you're the sucker, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone is being told the same thing or trying to be sold the same thing. It's just who's the sucker who's willing to buy it. TC, I'm glad you brought up uh, Mr. Homunculus. Uh, he's a really distinctive looking, uh, recognizable character actor by the name of Julian Richings, who absolutely gets to stand out in this movie. Pretty hysterical performance. This guy has crossed over more franchises than Mark Hamill. <laughs> uh, you, you know him from Man of Steel. You know him from X-Men The Last Stand. You remember him from Urban Legend. You remember him from Percy Jackson The Lightning Thief. I, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out the fact that he was in uh, one of my favorite Canadian TV series, Slings and Arrows, for a small but memorable episode. Uh, the guy really gets to shine here. He is hilarious. <laughs> When he's got such an odd look, too, that kind of really accents his whole character. (laughs) I get the feeling that Homunculus was also in in some sort of competition. 
that he and five others or four others were told, you need to run a competition. Here are the note cards. Just make sure they follow the rules. That's all. Go. That he also seemed like he was just middle management to some grander scheme of things here. I love that idea because, you know, you can look at them. We're talking about what this means, broader scale. If the five of them were like some exercise with playing with, you know, what's capitalism, how far you can push people, the rats in a wheel, the guy running it's just a rat in another wheel that's probably a rat inside another wheel because <laughs> life's horrible, guys. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> wheels all the way down, guys. Sorry. We're all just cogs, another brick in the yeah, wall. Yeah, I don't know if this truly achieves what it's setting out to do as far as commentary is concerned because though this does benefit from dissecting and sort of trying to find the meaning behind things, there are other stories and films that do that better. And maybe I'm basic because I want something to be a little more on the nose, but I did compare this to Squid Game right up top. Chad, you already compared it to something like Survivor, which every season of Survivor is developed by the editors to have full arcs for these characters. This does leave a lot on the table in terms of what are you trying to say? We've already joked here as a group guessing. Are we too smart or is this movie too smart? Well, and I will say to you, see that like this is a movie. It's a capital A art film for sure. Uh, it's trying to say something here. And I do have this thing where I probably need to see it again. And I will watch it again. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. But this uh, distinctly reminded me of two other movies that I've, I've rewatched recently. And that was uh, Cheap Thrills with Pat Healy and David Koechner which is just a escalating series of best bets over a night between two guys who are kind of down and out. Starts with, go slap that waitress on the ass, and then escalates to somebody chop off a finger. The other one that it kind of acutely reminded me of is uh, Matt Foster and I, for an episode of Nighthawks podcast, are doing coverage of Tarkovsky's Stalker. And that's another one that's very existential, and I kind of had to watch it and and ponder and make sure that okay is is my idea that i'm deploying here is that correct is is there a correct uh what is my interpretation of this and so it reminded me a lot of that which is also this kind of weird existential uh talking about the value of humanity and so I've, i was kind of sitting here being quiet because it's really good to hear your guys' read on this and that, you know, we have a lot of overlap. That's very validating because I came into this and I'm like, I wasn't so sure. I'm like, I, I think I get this. <laughs> OK, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I always like these discussions, because of that fact. I think there's a subgenre that we could probably list 10 more movies that all fall into this category of games to challenge reality or reality type shows that challenge humanity or your place in it. Because this reminded me of series seven, the contenders from 2001, which is this documentary or it's a season of a show that doesn't exist, but it's just like this where it's five people plucked from obscurity and forced to participate in a competition like a reality show when I watched Series 7, I didn't tell my buddy it was a fake movie. He thought we were watching a real thing. And the premise of that is murder each other. Last Man Standing wins. So you could take something like that or Battle Royale or Hunger Games or this on a much, much, much smaller bottle film level. There is a subgenre of 
satire thriller what what do you call this that all these fit into well and it even tips into comedy you've got uh it's a mad 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 world <laughs> oh sure, sure reminded me of rat race Ugh. <laughs> uh, i'll defend rat race i'd call this a dark comedy for oh, sure. sure like I'd, I'd give it that take one thing i've thought about a little bit while trevor's describing it to talk about how i feel about what's going on or what they're trying to get across is i'm wondering if maybe Frivolity isn't the right word, but there's a certain push of the idea that life is kind of arbitrary. And so I wonder if so's the story. Like, we all go to work and we all go do this stuff and it's all pointless and the bird hits the window and nobody cares or whatever. Maybe this movie is just doing its job and everybody knows what it's doing. So if you leave it alone, it just follows its own pace. But that might be a little too uh, no, too there's nuanced. Some, there's something to that because Maria sits back and literally participates by watching one character do something to another character. She is very clearly watching what is happening and does nothing but watch. Right. I don't want to go into spoiler territory and spe- say specifically what that is. But you might be onto something, Robert. Maybe there is something to this not being clear. Because Maybe if you give it too much grit, that's taking it more seriously than it needs to be because we're all just, you know, on a rock spinning around the sun and shit trying to make money. I'm with Chad. I love conversations like this because while I did enjoy this movie, I'm enjoying it even more now that I'm discussing it and thinking about it. (laughs) With that said, let's just swing ourselves into some final thoughts. Robert, why don't you kick it off for us? If they put out those five anthems, they'd be on my playlist today. Like, I'm not even lying. (laughs) They're all great for their own way. And the ones that... (laughs) are funny or really funny and the ones that are just weird or real fucking weird. I thought, you know, we talked about the contestants are all kind of archetypal, but I think they also kept it fun. You know, the portrayals were cool and I'm a big Julian Richings fan. If you want to check him out some more, he's got great horror turns and he's in Chapel Waste that's uh, running right now. And he's also in uh, anything from Jackson, which is a killer little horror story from last year on Shudder. But one thing that Maria said in the movie and that we hear more than once is the refrain of nothing just happens. That's what got me think about, well, I mean, this this movie's kind of proof that shit just just actually happened. So I I like the idea that it's a take on everything's kind of weird and arbitrary and we all go through the motions and maybe the movie did, too. The characters certainly did go all the way. So I'm going to go cheap because I'm going first and I'm going to go because I really like the way it looked, too. I'm going to go 8 out of 10 challenges. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Chad. I always like these types of movies. And TC, you alluded it to it a couple minutes ago where Maria's character, she set up as maybe, or at least it felt to me, as probably the most responsible one of the group or maybe the one that she, it seems like out of all of them, she's got a higher morality. But when that part hits, it's very interesting to see like when you're pushed into a situation that you think you know what you would do and you end up doing the opposite or something different. Like, I love those types of movies. We're putting the mirror in your face and saying like, who are you really? Um, And that's what this movie is. I like the dark comedy. I agree that Julian Richings is amazing in it i felt like all the characters in their own way were fun to watch even though some could be annoying or stupid but they all have a part to play and i do agree that a second viewing might be (laughs) needed for this one i felt like i got it 
overall, like I wasn't left with like, well, that was dumb. I didn't get anything. I was going to say like, maybe it's because I watched it with TC and I couldn't oh, pay attention. That's not true at all. How dare you? <laughs> that's not true Classic at all. Classic TC. I don't even know why that hit in my head. <laughs> well, that's um, that's just great. I'll, I'll see you in the competition, my friend. We'll see who survives now. <laughs> Here, have this drink. Oh, goody. (laughs) Overall, I think it's a cool movie. I like the premise. It's a quick watch. We talked about different genres that mix with this. If you're interested in any of those, I think you'll have a good time with this. I would give Stanleyville 8 out of 10 magic conch shells. 8 out of 10 magic conch shells. I'm going to write down that you get half points for that rating. Trevor. So I'm going to give this one out of two possible lungs, uh, which is not necessarily a rating for the film as much as just a statement of fact about the circumstances. Um, If you need me to give it a number on an arbitrary spread, give it 75 out of 100 tinfoil covered cell phones. But ultimately... I, I enjoyed watching this movie. I think I'm with you. I would have liked to have seen this maybe with an audience or with a room full of friends or something. But there were some genuine laughs here. There were some genuine creep moments. And there were some genuine moments where I was scratching my head and, and pondering. But really, TC, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's the conversation afterwards that I enjoy. You know, I'm, I'm avoiding saying it because I don't want to sound like I'm up my own ass, but it is a cerebral movie. You're going to have to think about this one. Um, I also want to tack on just a little bit more love for Julian Richings. If you enjoyed this, there is another just truly bizarre movie called Septic Man that he did, uh, which was written by Tony Burgess. And he was in a spate of Tony Burgess movies uh, here around the the mid-post-millennium, which also included the movies Ejecta and Hellmouth. So uh, check those out if you are looking for more weird, contemplative, did I understand that type of movies? I enjoy a good satire, and I love a great dark comedy. There are some good laughs in this, and I'm not entirely sure it landed its heavy punch in its commentary, but I greatly enjoyed this conversation about the movie, which is making me think, well, maybe I like this even more than I had already. A bird slamming into a window is a pretty good visual for how embarrassing life is for the most part, and watching the embarrassment that these people put them through for very superficial reasons is wonderfully laughable and all too real at some points and the lord of the flies references throughout this support the notion of survival not being of the fittest but of the luckiest and the most tenacious maria is disturbed and though she never goes full tilt psycho she walks the line way more deftly than the other sociopaths in this contest if the goal of this movie was to amuse me, consider me amused. If the goal was to have me sit back and question my place in an unforgiving, relentlessly shitty world, I feel that already. And this movie didn't leave me thinking any more deeply about that matter than Squid Game or Lord of the Flies or Battle Royale already has. I love a dark comedy, and I love movies that challenge us to consider what we would do just for an iota of self-actualization. So for Stanleyville, I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 earlobes. Wait, no, wait, strike that. Let's make it 14 out of 20 earlobes. <laughs> Reduce your fractions. There you go. That's right. Well, well, guys, uh, this gets us through at least a few of these rounds. I'm not sure how many rounds we have left, but if I'm looking at the leaderboard, Chad has half the points. We are deducting most of the points from Trevor for personal reasons. Uh, so I'm going to give the win to I'm going to give 
the wind of Robert on this one. Congratulations. Oh. Here are the car keys. Please enjoy your habanero orange sports utility vehicle. Howdy, podcast listeners. I'm Trevor T. Trujillo. And I'm Matt Foster, and together we co-host the Nighthawks Podcast, a movie-centric podcast that covers just about everything. Big films. Citizen Kane, Casablanca, The Avengers, Star Wars. The films that aren't as big on budget, but we still love. Found footage 3D, The Big Lebowski. Not to mention films from distant shores. Lone Wolf and Cub, Dearest Sister. Plus, we have some great guests like Alamo Drafthouse founder Tim Lee. Episode 7. Dr. Strange writer C. Robert Cargill. Episode 100. Director Stephen DiGennaro. Episode 53 episode 100 or you can listen to any of the over 120 other episodes we have on deck for you instant classics find us on all good podcatchers apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher audible spotify or at our website nighthawkspodcast.com join our cult probably not a real cult it's a real cult